Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we have the opportunity to be learning Meseches Ksubo Staf Chaf Beis. As we make our way through the second parak of our Mesechta, parak Ha'isha Shinas Armala, we're going to continue the conversation, continue the discussion about the concept of Hapeh She'asr, Hu Hapeh She'hitir, that if an Isser was created by the words of a person, that very person goes on to testify that the Isser is no longer there, that the Isser has fallen off, or that a Metzius, some sort of reality, has changed. So we're going to believe that person, the person who made something permissible, or the person who made something prohibited, has the ability to go ahead and to flip that reality uh, on its head and flip it around. The cases that our Mishnah presents us with on Chav Bezim and Aleph is the following case. We have a woman who says that she was married, and then she says that she got divorced. She says, uh, So I got married, and then, uh, and then I went ahead, and then I got divorced. So the Mishnah tells us that she's going to be believed because, once again, she created the Isser of Ashes Ish by telling us that she was married. So therefore, says our Mishnah, she can be Matir, that Isser, by telling us she got divorced. And as a result, the Mishnah says she can go ahead and she can get married. Now, obviously, we have not mentioned the word Adim yet at all. And uh, clearly, we are going to believe her in this case as a result of this concept of Pesha Asr Hua Pesha Hitir. There is, however, a caveat to this case that the mission tells us that if there are Adim that say that she was married and she says that she then got divorced, she isn't going to be believed. What's the Svara behind her not being believed in such a case? Says the Mishnah, and perhaps we could understand this in the fact that her word wasn't the word that we're relying on to asser her. And the Mishnah gives uh, to Asa her, and therefore, as a result of uh, the Adim's existence and the Metzius of the Adim being around, so the Adim testify that she uh, was in a particular state, and she testifies that she's now in a different state. So, as a result, uh, we are not going to be able to believe her based on this concept of Pesha Asr Hua Pesha Hitter. The Mishnah goes on and gives a similar case of a woman who says she was uh, Nishbase by Goyim. She says, Nishbase you to Horani. I was taken uh, captive by non Jews. And, uh, and, uh, I'm Tahora. I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a relationship with them. We know based on the Gemara in Yavamos, where the Gemara describes to us that if a uh, woman goes ahead and a woman has a relationship with a, uh, an Oved Kochavim, an, uh, Oved Avodazara, so she becomes Asura to go ahead and to marry a Kohen. And as a result of this, the Chachamim came and the Chachamim were Gozer that a Kohen can't marry a woman who was once uh, taken by, uh, taken by Oved Avodazara because there's a Chazaka that these Oved Avodazara went ahead and that they, uh, that they defiled her. And the case in our Mishnah, the woman goes ahead and she claims that she was captured by idolaters, but she adds that the idolaters that the Ovdi Avodah weren't Mitame here. And the question is whether her word is going to be sufficient to go ahead and to marry a Kohen. So the Mishnah says uh, uh, over here, whether or not there are Adim uh, is going to determine what the din is going to be vis-a-vis her status in marrying a Kohen. If there are Adim who testify that she was captured and she testifies about herself that she is Tahora, so she is not going to be believed because we have other knowledge of the entrance into the state of uh, into the state of Asura based on the Adim that uh, that were there. The Gemara then picks up and the Gemara goes on to explain that the entire discussion of Apesha Asur, Apesha Hitir isn't necessarily based on a Pasuk. The Pasuk that the Gemara uh, attempts to use is the Pasuk of SBC, SBT Nasati Laish Hazeh Laish. It's a Pasuk that comes from Perak Chav in Sefer Devarim. 
and the Gemara tries to learn out from uh, from this pasuk that um, that uh, that we have this concept of pesha aser hu pesha yitir, and then in a classic uh, form, the Gemara asks. This is not just a kra, it's a svara. We don't need a pasuk over here to prove this. It's a, it's a basic piece of logic. She, she, or she, she or he uh, is the one that prohibited the item. So she or he can also go ahead and she or he can, uh, can permit the item. Um, so the Gemara then uh, goes on and continues and presents cases that are similar to the cases in our Mishnah in which we establish a level of credibility and believability of this uh, particular woman. So if a woman says, I'm married, and then she retracts her words, she's choser on her words, and then she says, I'm not married, so the Gemara says that she's going to be believed. This uh, is a concept that we have that's called Shave Nafshe Chaticha Isura, which basically means how can a woman go ahead uh, and, uh, and, and do something once she's already entered into the category uh, of being Asur, that's the concept of Shavi Lenashi Chaticha de Isura. It's a concept that comes up throughout uh, throughout Shas. It's a fundamental principle uh, in the world of how we can go ahead and how we can affect uh, items, people in terms of their uh, halachic nature. And uh, and uh, over here, in terms of the woman deciding for herself that she's going to be uh, that she's going to be asura, so we apply this principle of shavinav shechaticha de isura. The Gemara then presents us with a concept that in this situation she's going to give uh, in the situation over here, um, you know, whatever it is that she's going to asur herself. So the Gemara presents us with a plausible reason as to why she said what it is that she said. And the Gemara presents what these excuses could actually be. So, for instance. Let's say we have a woman who says that she uh, that she is uh, mikudeshes. She says that she's taken. She says that she's uh, you know in a relationship already. And the goal of her doing that is just to get people off of her back. People are chasing her to set her up, and the the shadchanim are chasing her to try to find the uh, the proper match. So she says, "I'm actually taken. I'm actually uh, uh, you know a person who's you know entered into uh, a relationship, and therefore you know I'm not interested in hearing. Uh, I'm not interested in hearing this uh, this dating idea." And then a week later, we find out that she goes ahead and she gets engaged. So the question is, didn't she asa herself the first time around? So the Gemara says we have a concept over here called amasla. The concept of amasla is a concept that basically that she has an excuse as to why it is that she went ahead and that she uh, made a claim that she was either asura or muteres, depending on the nature of the claim. And if the excuse is going to be good enough, so uh, we're going to uh, we're going to be to, to be able to believe her. Now, this is obviously going to be. Uh, this is obviously going to be a concept that appears uh, in uh, a lot of different places with a lot of different manifestations. And we have a case over here that Shmuel comes along and Shmuel asks Rav the following question. And it's a case that uh, appears that comes up in the world of Nida, in the world of Hilchos Nida. And a woman uh, goes and tells her husband, Tehmeya Ani. She says to her husband that I am in a prohibited uh, state to you. But the Gemara says, V'chazer v'yamra tahora Ani. But then she goes ahead and then she says, actually, I'm not Timea anymore. I'm actually find myself in a state of being Tahora to, uh, to you. So the Gemara wants to know what's going to be the din uh, in this particular case. It happens to be that the Rishonim point out that this particular uh, scenario, so the Rosh and Rabbeinu Yerucham and the Beis Yosef, so, uh, and, and then the Shulchan Aruch, which we'll quote momentarily. So they say that the second statement uh, in this particular case was not made 
what's called toch kidei dibor immediately uh, following the uh, the first statement. The second case, the second statement rather, when she says that she's Torah, was not made uh, toch kidei dibor. And the Gemara again wants to know what's going to be uh, what's going to be the din over here. So Rav responds to Shmuel, and Rav says that in this case, that even in this case, if she gives an Amasla, she is believed to say uh, that she was uh, that she was not a Nida. So if she gives a plausible reason as to why it is that she said she was Tanea, so she is not going to be in the status of Nida. So how could this uh, apply practically? So uh, the Gemara goes on, and uh, there's a quote from uh, the Rushalmi over here on this uh, particular uh, topic. And uh, in the Rishalmi that, uh, that Tosos actually quotes over here says that this actually happened to Shmuel himself, that Shmuel's wife told him that she was Anida and later said that she was not Anida and then explained why she uh, she went ahead and uh, and she did this. So Shmuel refused to accept this Amasla and he made her go to the mikvah and he made her uh he made her uh uh, uh count the uh the proper uh the proper nakim and uh the karbanasanal and the base yosef both explained the fact that Shmuel didn't rely on her explanation because he wanted to be uh Sadin, he wanted to go above uh the uh the letter of the law and Additionally, perhaps the Me'iri suggests that Shmuel didn't find the Amasla to be a, uh, a, a valid Amasla. He felt that if it were really true, whatever excuse she made, she would have told him in the first place and not uh, gone ahead and been, uh, been deceptive uh, with, regards, uh, with regards to it. And this, uh, once again, appears in Shulchan Aruch in Yorodeh and Simon Kuf Pei Hey in Sif Gimel and really throughout the entire uh, Simon over there in Kuf Pei Hey. So the writes that if a woman goes ahead and tells her husband that she is Anida and later says that she is Tahora after Tokidei Dibor, so she is not going to be believed. But if she gives it on Masla, she says, that she didn't have uh, strength for the bia, or perhaps she was, uh, she was, uh, she was ill, she was sick. So she's going to be believed in uh, in such a case. Now, what are the parameters of this concept of amasla? So it happens to be that the Bach uh, describes that if the edus was not made and based in, then she can go ahead and make an amasla, amasla. But if the if 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 the testimony was made and based in, she can't go uh, back on her word. What's the svar behind this Bach? So perhaps it would be Mivaza would disgrace the entire institution of a Beisdin. If you could just go to the Beisdin and change around your claims and say, you didn't really mean this, or you said this because of such and such a reason, or you, uh, you felt the need to, uh, to, to lie in, uh, in Beisdin, so we're, uh, we're going to be very skeptical about your validity and your believability and reliability with regards to your testimony. It's Mavaza, the entire institution of the Beisdin. This actually comes up with the story um, Yitzchak and Rivka, and throughout Sefer Bracious, where we have so many discussions regarding uh, the words achosihi, the role of Amasla in these types of cases. It happens to be that the Ramah has a set of Shailas and Shuvos, and in the Ramah and his Shuvos, he tells us the story of Yitzchak Avinu. The Yitzchak Avinu went to Avimelech, and he told Avimelech that Rivka was his sister. Once again, he uses these words achosihi. So by saying achosihi, he is assuring 
this woman to him, answering his wife Rivka by saying that Rivka really is uh, that Rivka really is his sister. And then Avi Melech goes ahead and sees Yitzchak and Rivka um, involved in a in a in a husband and wife relationship. And the Rama asks, how can Yitzchak do that if Yitzchak answered Rivka onto him by saying that Rivka really is my sister? So how can he go ahead and how can he have this relationship with uh, with uh, with his wife Rivka? So the Rama says that Yitzchak over here is a good Amas. He was nervous that they were going to kill him. He was nervous that Avimelech was going to kill uh, Yitzchak. And as a result, he would be able to take his wife. Happens to be that there's a beautiful insight over here by the Chassam Sofer, where the Chassam Sofer quotes this Gemara and explains that the dialogue between Yitzchak and, and, and Avimelech was Avimelech was wondering why Yitzchak didn't just tell the truth, right? Yitzchak could have just said, she's my wife. And then, uh, Avi, and then uh, uh, Avimelech wouldn't have taken her. So why did he resort to saying she is my sister? Why did he uh, extend and exaggerate uh, this lie to the degree that he was saying that she's actually my sister? So the Chassam Sofer answers that there's a fundamental uh, idea in human psychology over here that when we feel pressed and when a person feels tension, so they tend to uh, stretch the truth. They tend to um, exaggerate uh, just a little bit. And when Avimelech said, uh, you know, give me uh, this woman. So Yitzchak could have easily said she's my wife, but he was so nervous and he was so uh, anxious about what Avimelech was going to do to him and what Avimelech was going to do to uh, to uh, to Rivka that he said she's my sister. But certainly throughout uh, all of Sefer Bereshis, we have uh, all sorts of stories of uh, people having to lie to get around uh, all sorts of uh, shalom bias problems and all sorts of uh, marital infidelity uh, situations uh, to make sure that uh, husbands and wives could live together as husbands and wives. And it's, it's interesting to note that the case of Nida happens to be a very interesting case. And it's, interest, it's curious that the, that the Shulchan Aruch has uh, an entire discussion about the world of Amasla with regards to Ilchos Nida. And there's a tremendous amount of uh, analysis and lambdas on this concept. But when it comes to the world of uh, when it comes to the world of Nida, so Nida happens to be a, uh, a situation that is relatively simple to go ahead and to clarify. She can easily simply purify herself. She can count her nikim. She can count the days that she needs in order to become a clean uh, woman and become uteris to her husband. Then she can go to the mikvah and uh, she can become uteris according to lechol hadeus, according to all of the uh, according to all of the opinions. In many of the other cases that we've spoken about over the course of the last few minutes, whether it's proving death, proving divorce, being married, who was married, how they were married. So those uh, sveikos are much more lengthy to be mevarer, much more lengthy to clarify. It'd be a much more burdensome process to track down the dayanim, to track down the, ta- the, 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 the papers, the contracts, the ksubas, all of those, uh, all of those things. So uh, perhaps we could even suggest, uh, and this is, uh, this is uh, a comment that's made by some of the uh, some of the Rishonim and some of the Achronim, the Ritva and the Ran and the Tosas Harash. So perhaps we could suggest that we should just make her uh, go through the process of becoming Tahora yet again. And uh, obviously we would uh, we wouldn't want to do that. But ultimately we conclude based on this Gemara that if the Amasla was good and if the Amasla was sufficient, so we can believe uh, her in this case of. Um, uh, her saying that she was Temea and now that she's Tahora. So the Gemara then continues with all sorts of discussions regarding this concept uh, of witnesses who testify uh, against each other and permitting and prohibiting uh, all sorts of uh, particular actions. And as our Gemara uh, goes through, 
Daf Chaf Beis Amid Beis. The Gemara uh, once again presents us with all of these people that show up to Beisdin, all of them who have all sorts of testimonies, and whether or not we can extend this principle of a Pesha Aser who a Pesha Hitir into all of these different cases. That is Meseches Ksubos Daf Chaf Beis.